Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. We're going to get straight into it tonight. You ready for the Word? Come on, you ready for the Word? Come on, turning your Bibles to Matthew 28. 18 to 20. It is the Great Commission, and we're going to get into it. I believe tonight that God wants to speak, and I believe that uh, as He does that, it's going to unlock something in our church. Who knows that our church is in a great season, amen? We're in a season of momentum. We're in a season of breakthrough. Let's read this together. Then Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Isn't that a great, great piece of text right there? You know, I, I like this, uh, this notion right here, but I think that sometimes as Christians when we read it, we can read it and think it's an optional statement where it's like, you know, God's saying, go and do this, and we're kind of like, we can pick and choose what's here in the Bible. I might leave that this week, and I might get to that next week, and, but it's actually a command. Isn't that an interesting thing? That it's a command right here, and then he says, obey my commands. And I think that if we can have a shift in our paradigm to actually understand that God has commanded us to go and make disciples, that it actually changes the way we operate on our Monday through to Friday, doesn't it? That it's not just something that we do on a Sunday, but tomorrow when we pick up that coffee from our local on the way to work and they ask how our day was yesterday, we don't just say good and then move on, but we engage in a conversation. When we get to work and when someone asks us what we did on the weekend, we engage in a conversation because it's not an optional thing, but it's something that God has asked us to do. And I want to look tonight really around uh, what God can do in our personal lives, but also in the life of our church if we get this revelation for ourselves. You guys ready for this? If you're taking notes tonight, I've titled my message, All Authority. All Authority. And I believe that there are a few things within uh, th this text that we can look at and actually pull out of this for our own lives. And if we apply it to our lives, everything can change. The first point tonight is that he has authority over your past. He has authority over your past. You know, there's uh, two key areas regarding our past that he has authority over, but he has authority over all of it. And what I want to explain to you tonight, the first part is that he has authority over the pain of your past. Isn't that a great thing to have a revelation of? That no matter what you've gone through, He has authority over the pain of it. You know, I've been through some pain. I'm sure you've been through some pain. If you've been alive and if you've breathed, you've probably gone through some pain. Amen? And, and you know, the thing about the beauty of this is that He has authority over that pain. Second one is that He has authority over the mistakes of your past. I'm going to get to that in a second. You know, um, when it comes to the, the pain of our past, it reminds me of a story a few years ago. Got up one morning at our old house. It was a cold winter's morning. They're just starting to come through. And uh, I'm not sure about you. I like winter because you can layer, but I also hate winter because of the mornings. And I got up one morning and I went to have a shower and I put my hand in the shower and the shower was cold. And I thought, geez, the pipes must be frosty. It's going to take a moment. And you're kind of waiting and it's not coming. It's kind of like Jesus is coming. You just don't know when, right? And, and you're there and you're waiting. And it's not coming. And I realized that I had no hot water. So I, 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 I went to go outside and check. I did the little dash for cash. You guys know what I'm talking about. I went and checked my hot water. And there was no gas. And our gas had been disconnected. And I thought, this is strange. I've paid every bill that I've been sent. 
well, why is my gas disconnected? So I, I called my, my uh, utility provider. I said, hey, in such a loving Christian tone of voice, why has my gas been disconnected on this cold winter's morning? Jesus loves you. Because <laughs> that's how we talk, don't we? When we're talking to a gas company that's disconnected our gas. I said, why have you disconnected my gas? I've paid all the bills you've sent me. And they said, what are you talking about? You haven't been with us for six months. I'm like, I have done no such thing as to leave you. I've been with you forever. Like, why? What, what are you talking about? They go, no, no, no. Oh, we've got details here. You moved over six months ago to another company. I'm like, well, what's the name of that company? They give me the name. I call that company. I'm like, hey, so when, when and how did I join uh, your company as a provider? Like, I, I have no awareness of this. What had happened is a door-to-door salesman had gone to our neighbor's house. They'd knocked on the door, and they'd signed them up to move gas company, but when they wrote down the address, they put the wrong number down, and we got moved over. And so all the time when they'd send these gas bills, I was getting this bill from some company I'd never heard of in someone else's name. I just put it in the return to sender pile at home that, you know, eventually you, you, you'll get to, right? I just, I'm like, I'm not going to open it. It's not my mail. I don't even know if it's legal to open someone else's mail, right? And so I'm like, oh, I'm just waiting for my gas bill, and it never came. I'm like, well, when it comes, I'll pay it, right? And then all of a sudden, my gas gets disconnected. Well, here's the thing. This is a day we're about to go on holidays, right? And I'm like, I'm going to endure the pain. I'm going to jump in, jump out quickly. <laughs> this is the thing. It's like salvation. It doesn't take long to get clean. It's actually an instant thing. You just jump in, just jump in straight out. I jump out of the shower. My wife does the same thing. Saved, clean. It's an instant thing. It's sanctification that takes the process, right? <laughs> Let me go on holidays. I thought as we're going on holidays... Uh, I, I just got to make sure I get this sorted. So I call the energy ombudsman, right? Because I, I mean business here. I call the ombudsman. I let them know what's happened. I'm like, hey, can you help me sort this out? They get onto this company and uh, we go on holidays. Well, we get back six days later and the day we get back was the day the gas got dis- uh, reconnected. And so I'm like, perfect timing, amazing. And then the ombudsman reaches out to us and they go, we just want to let you know um, that because it was a wrongful disconnection, it wasn't your fault, you're going to get six months free gas and uh, you're going to get compensation, uh, $250 for every day it was disconnected, right? And I'm like, yeah, it was a real struggle. You know, that... <laughs> We got 1500 bucks. We weren't even there. It was amazing, right? And, and here's the thing. Um, I went through some serious pain for that 30-second shower. It was a struggle. But I was compensated for that pain. Hello, Segway. You know, when we go through pain, God compensates us for it. And just like the ombudsman had the ability to hold the accuser accountable, God has the ability to hold our accuser, the enemy, accountable for the things that he's put us through that we should not have gone through. You see, God is going to compensate you for the pain of your past. The greater the greater the cost, the greater the call. Maybe you've been through some pain in this place, but he has authority over the pain of your past. Look at it this way right here. Joel 2.25 says, I will repay for you the years that the locusts have eaten. Another translation, I will give back what you've lost. Look at this one. Then I will make up for you the years that the locusts have taken. Maybe you've been through some pain. I get excited when something goes wrong because I'm like, this is an opportunity to receive. I know God's going to make things right. And maybe I've been through some pain in my life, but I know that God will compensate me for it. I've had the revelation for myself, and I want to tell you, He has authority over the pain of your past. Someone say amen in this place tonight. He has authority over the pain of your past, but he also has authority over the mistakes of your past. Anyone ever heard someone say, I can't go into church? The roof would fall in on me. I can't, 
I can't serve. I've made all these mistakes. So what would people think of me? Or, oh, man, how could God use me? Look at all the mistakes that, that I've made. Look at all, and they disqualify themselves. And God is saying, hey, hey, I've forgiven you. Now, why don't you just forgive yourself? Because I've got, I've got authority over the mistakes of your past. And some of us need to get this revelation. I, I actually felt God speaking to me this afternoon, specifically around this next thing, that some of us have made some big mistakes in our past. And you've disqualified yourself from moving forward because of a lack of revelation of the grace of God. It's not like God can forgive some things, the person next to you on your left or your right, but not other things. He forgives all things. He makes all things new. It's not a scale of, of how bad it was, isn't it? There is forgiveness, and he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Some of us, it's time for us to forgive ourselves and get back on the horse with a revelation knowing that God has authority over our past. Someone say amen in this place right now. Point number two is that he has authority over your future. He has authority over your past and he has authority over your future. You know, maybe you're in this place and sometimes you worry. You know, what, what's going to happen in my home life? Maybe for your, your children with what's going on in their world. Maybe for your, your job. Maybe you're a young adult in this place and you're single and you're, you're worrying when's Mr. or Mrs. Wright going to come along. You know, what you've got to understand is that he has authority over your future. Let me encourage you in this. Psalms 37, 23 says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Another translation is that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. You know, as a young person, I used to worry about my future and had all these dreams and aspirations and I couldn't work out how it would outwork. And then I had this revelation that if I just focused on honoring God and I focused on building his house, he'd build mine. If I focused on honoring him, he'd honor me because I understood that if I just focus on being righteous, the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. He's going to order my steps. He's going to make things right because he doesn't just have authority over our past. He has authority over our future. we got to focus on honoring God because when we honor God, He'll take care of the rest. How do we honor God? By digging deep, by, by seeking Him, by, by, by getting into His presence, by being at church, by living a righteous life, by living a life that honors Him. And when we do that, He takes care of the rest. We're, you know what? I, I, I just, I sometimes, I, I hit myself on the head and I'm just like, I'm so silly to sometimes think that I could create a better future for myself than God could. I'm never going to be able to do what God could do. So I'm just going to stop trying and I'm just going to start living for Him, focusing on Him and let Him take care of the rest because He has authority over my future. Well, let me bring this verse back up. Let me show you right here. Uh, I love the, 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 the thought in here. Um, sorry, the, the, next, the next verse of this. Um, Matthew 28, um, it, it says, we're going to move through to the next verse. Um, yeah, there we go. Whew. The end part says, and surely I'm with you always to the very ends of the age. This is a powerful statement right here. And I think that it's been placed at the end as a reminder for us that he has authority over our future. Not just authority over the now, but authority over the always. So when he says to them, go and make disciples, go and step out, and they're like, but what if it doesn't work out? What if it, what if it doesn't happen the way that I thought? He's like, hey, just remember I'm with you always. So when you're in that moment and you don't know how it's going to outwork, 
He's with you in the always. He's with you in your, your worst moment, in your hardest moment. But what I love is that he's also with you in your greatest moment. He's with you in the trial, but he's also with you in the triumph. You see, he's with you always. And I think that when we understand that, it changes the way that we approach our steps of faith because we know that he's got our future in our hand, in his hand. He's got our future in his hand and he's already ordered the steps and mapped it out. And all we got to do is just focus on serving him. He's got authority over your past. He's got authority over your future. Two powerful things, isn't it? And this third one tonight, I want to rest on for a while because I, I, I really feel and just sense in my spirit that God wants to breathe something over our church in this season that we're heading into. And, and I feel uh, that if we can understand this, it's actually going to set us up for, uh, like I just see this picture of just explosive uh, growth in all the right ways. And, and what's taken um, a long time to happen is going to happen quicker and quicker. And it's going to come of a greater ease. And it's because of, because of this with what God wants to do. You see, he has authority over your past. He has authority over your future. But he also has authority to give. See, it says that he has all authority, but he doesn't just have all authority. He actually also gives authority to his believers. Let me show you Matthew 10.1. Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Mark 6.7. And he summoned the 12 and began to send them out in pairs and gave them authority over unclean spirits. Luke 9.1, and he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. Luke 10.19, behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Notice how it's not some of the power of the enemy, all the power of the enemy, and nothing will enjoy you. Matthew 10, 8, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out the demons. Freely you've received, freely you give. Mark 16, 17, these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons and they will speak in new tongues. Notice this right here. It'll accompany those who have believed. So the, the prerequisite to get authority is to believe. When we follow Christ, he actually imparts authority onto us. There's something powerful in this. Oh, I, want, I want to show you this. We'll go up with the, ne the next verse here. Um, I love in the middle of this, then Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, the therefore in this piece of text actually occupies a very powerful position. In linguistics, uh, we'd refer to this as an adverbial conjunction or a conjunctive adverb, which basically uh, what it represents is like a linking or a sign of relationship between what went before it and what came after it. It's like a sequence. It's basically saying what's about to come after the therefore requires what goes before the therefore. So it sends this statement right here that we can't do anything without a revelation of Christ's authority over that situation. And if we don't have a personal revelation of that authority, we're not going to be able to do it. But when we understand the authority of Christ and by way of that revelation we can therefore go and make disciples but it's only through his authority that we can do it that's why when we see in Acts the sons of Sceva they saw Paul had a revelation of the authority and Paul was praying for the sick and seeing them healed Paul was seeing signs and wonders in Jesus name and they start saying uh, in the name uh, of Jesus who Paul speaks of and they try to cast out demons, and, and then the demons say to them, uh, Jesus, uh, we know, Paul, uh, we recognize, but who are you? Because 
they were speaking from someone else's revelation, not a revelation that they had themselves. And then the, the possessed man, it says, leaped on them, mastered all of them, overpowered them, so they fled out of the house naked and wounded. They got beaten because they tried to operate in an authority that they didn't have a personal revelation of. You see, it's not enough for you to live under the revelation of, of someone else's faith. It's not enough for you to go, Pastor Matt, Pastor Frank, I have big faith, and so we're, we're just gonna, we're gonna leech off of that. No, 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 we've gotta get a revelation for ourselves. We've gotta have a personal revelation of the authority of Jesus Christ in our life so that when we pray, when we step out, when we make a move, when we, when we go and we go for that thing, we know that God's already won victory over it because he has not just some, but all authority. We gotta get a personal revelation. I wanna invite the band up. Right now, you know what I've learned when it comes to steps of faith is that you gotta get the revelation in your spirit first before you take it. You know, if you don't, if you haven't seen it in your spirit first, you, you take that step and you're just freaking out. And you're like, man, I, oh. But when you've seen it, when you've already gone there in the spiritual realm and you take that step of faith, it's actually not that scary because you already know that God's done it. It's like you've seen it, you know what it's gonna feel like, you know what it's gonna look like, and you just take that step of faith. Um, you know, for me, uh, uh, one of the things that, that I do, uh, a part of running the, uh, in my personal opinion, the, the best youth ministry in the world, um, come on now, is, uh, is something called Youth Alive. And uh, we're, we're shaking the planet with Youth Alive, and it, it's awesome. God's doing great things. Um, but, you know, uh, it'd been a number of years since we'd done a large-scale outreach rally, and the tone around Victoria was that uh, large-scale evangelism for young people, the days of that were done. And that, that's what people were saying. And, and then I took on this organization with my wife, Aylan, and I started to feel God do something in my spirit. And I started to see in my spirit what God wanted to do. And so last year, we, we, um, we uh, with a great team, um, booked a Festival Hall, which is a 5,500-seat stadium. Let's put this photo up. And um, we saw... Uh, we saw God fill it, it completely sold out, and we saw close to a thousand young people respond to the gospel. Um, and here's the thing: I don't, no, no, I don't say that. I don't say that for an applause. I want to, I want to demonstrate a faith journey to you. Um, by the time we put the deposit down for that venue at the start of the year, the venue, the event had already happened in my spirit. I already knew that it was going to succeed because I'd seen it in my spirit. I'd seen it in that faith journey. I'd had the revelation for myself and I understood the therefore so I could go and do. And so this year, right, we put down a deposit for a bigger venue. Um, let me show you this, this next one. This is in November this year. It's uh, 2,000 more seats and um, I'm believing that God's gonna fill it. And you know, people come up to me and they're like, man, it's such an awesome step of faith. And, and uh, I'm like, yeah, it's amazing. God's so good. Um, but in my head, I've moved past that already because God's giving me a picture of what comes after that in the years to come. And, and I know that God's already done what needs to be done in that thing. Now we just need to walk through it because I've understood the authority that Jesus has for it. Let me show you what God's speaking to me about now. Let me show you this next one. This is uh, uh, almost double that other state. And this is Rod Laver Arena. And God's given me this picture of that thing completely filled with young people hearing the gospel. This might be years off, but I'm seeing it in my spirit. I'm seeing it in my spirit. And I'm saying, God, 
Like that man speaking to Jesus, I do believe helped me to overcome my unbelief. I could see it in my spirit. I could touch it. I can grab a hold of it. And so by way of that, the step of faith is very easy because I've already gone there. I've already gone there in my private world. I've already gone there and I know that God can do it because I've had a revelation of His authority. And when you have a revelation of His authority, those steps of faith are so easy to do. Those steps of faith come easy because you know that God could do it because you've already seen it in your spirit. And I start getting excited because when I think about our church and I think about where we're heading, I'm starting to see a picture of what God would do here in the Southeast, but not just in the southeast, right across Melbourne, right across Australia, right across the nations of this world, we got to get a picture in our spirit and start saying, God, I can see something bigger. I can see something more. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.